Jeff is not even in a suit. He's like got this really like beautiful like light. Oh, oh he just fuck me up, John Joe. I can't. I just <laughs> we need to get there this scene. Okay, sorry. Almost getting hot flashes. Well, hello there, everybody. Hi. How's it going, Caitlin? <laughs> it's going. I just told Caitlin a full horror story, guys. Yeah. I'm sorry I did that right before we started recording. I know. And, like, it's going to be a weird episode for me, too, because, like, I'm using Kate's notes. I watched the episode, <laughs> but I didn't. I added, like, a few things here and there, but I did not have in two weeks. I did not have any fucking time to really yeah. prepare. So I apologize. So that yeah. and then that story has me shook. Yeah, maybe I'll tell it on Patreon someday. You should tell it on Patreon. <laughs> I should have just recorded it now. Like you should have just done it on the, inst- the Instagram Live, the Patreon. Oh, yeah. We did just do a, a, mm-hmm. a little live stream. Thanks, Russell, for tuning in. Yeah. Uh, we have another one at the end of April, um, but we'll get into that. Um, first off, if you don't know, I'm Kate, and this is my fantastic co-host, Caitlin. Hi. And we are Hey Beautiful, the only podcast that's recapping every single episode of How I Met Your Mother, zero spoilers. Mm-hmm. And today we are talking about I'm Not That Guy, a.k.a. The Temptation of Marshall Erickson and The Pornification of Ted Mosby. Oh, that was a beautiful intro. Thank you. Wow. Although every time I read I'm Not That Guy, I think I'm Not That Girl, which is a song from Wicked. I really love. So I've been singing it like all week. I'm like, why am I singing this song? That's why. So anyway, before we get into the episode, we have a couple little updates from the Hymium universe. Mm -hmm. This week marked five years since the show ended. Isn't that wild? Yeah. It feels like it was a million years ago to me. It feels like it was a long time ago. Um, But I was also at a very different point in my life. So Mm -hmm. that might be why. And we did a poll on Twitter about the finale, and it came out just about even the people who love and hate the final episode. And um, yeah. <clears throat> at the very end, the hates kind of eked it out. But it was neck and neck for a while. I, I was actually surprised at the split because all you see on Twitter is people it's hating on the finale. It. Yeah, but I really like it. Uh, Same. We have a lot to say about it, but we're going to save that. I know. I was about to just open my mouth. and I know, dude. Mm-hmm. Me too. It's hard not to talk about it. It really is. Also, this week, thanks to last week's episode, which was How I Met Everyone Else, we posted the Hot Crazy Scale, complete with the Mendoza Diagonal and the Shelly Gillespie Zone. And we want to know where you plot. So we took the quiz to find out how crazy we were on last time's episode. And you can go back and listen and count your points along. And then assign yourself a hotness level. We suggest seven because we feel like we're solid sevens. We are solid sevens. I don't feel like it. I know it. Seven out of 100, right? Yeah, seven out of 100. (laughs) Oh, God. I did this whole freaking thread on Twitter about, hey guys, sometimes it's hard to be a woman and be a podcaster because you're so vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as I typed the final tweet in that thread, some asshole commented on our picture about being sevens and said, seven out of a hundred, maybe. 
Mm. Asshole. I just love when it just, the internet just and proves I, itself right, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, thank you. Like you could not have asked for anything better. Full vindication of my entire thread. So you can go and read that if you'd like. Uh, and like Caitlin said, we just did a live stream with our mm-hmm. uh, Patreon friends, our top two tiers. Russell was there. Thank you so much, Russell. It was great to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny sent his, not regards, his regrets. His Yeah. That he couldn't be there. So we are going to have another one. I think it's on April 30th. So, Feels right. Right? Four weeks from now? Yeah. Because not the next one. Mm-hmm. So Tuesday, April 30th, 7.30 p.m., if you are an Almighty Five or a High Six Patreon member, you will have access to our live stream. You can go right now and join the private Facebook group. You should have the link available on Patreon. And, uh, yeah, get in there and get signed up before the 30th so you're ready to go. And also coming up, speaking of Patreon, is our monthly book recommendation, which I have yet to decide, thinking about a couple different ones, and Ooh. also our How I Met Your Mother-themed recipe. Mm-hmm. We're going to be making gravy this month. Ooh. Which was Good hangover cure. Exactly. If you remember, that's Ted Mosby's hangover cure. Last time mm-hmm. we did uh, Lily's hangover cure. Which was the tune melt. Delicious, by the way. Oh, Caitlin's not a fan. I don't, I just don't like tuna. Oh, God, I love it so much. Do you? Uh, yeah, man. Oof, so good. So this time we're going to do gravy. I'm going to do a nice breakfast sausage gravy. Mm. My favorite uh, recipe right in the top of my dome here. So uh, get on in there, sign up for Patreon, and you'll get cool perks like that. Yeah. Um, also later this week, you, if you are a member of Patreon, you are going to get to hear Alec Lev's entire interview. It's good too. It's real good. There are spoilers everywhere. Um, we're going to post the full thing before airing the rest of it during Sandcastles in the Sand, if you are a Patreon member. So you should get over there, Mm -hmm. sign up, patreon.com slash heybeautifulpod.com. And uh, get some of these perks. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. Bonus episodes every month, mm-hmm. recipes, book recommendations, live streams. Fun facts about me and Kate. Fun facts, fun photos. Fun you, photos, I mean, we've, yeah. We've done some throwback photos of, yeah. of both of us and our families. <gasps> we should, did we post the Halloween picture? Not yet. Us? Okay. Maybe we should save that for Halloween. Yeah, we'll post it for Halloween, a picture of us so being adorable. We're talking about childhood picks yeah like dude. 30 years ago 30 year old picks vintage vintage yeah. <laughs> and um yeah so in addition to that we also have a couple of fan mail questions this week Ooh, exciting yeah do you want to read this first one yep so this question from bethany <clears throat> she says hello beautiful ladies do you have any moments in the series or in the episodes you have covered so we don't have any spoilers. Thank you, Bethany. We appreciate that. <laughs> that a character character does something you find unforgivable. For example, my husband cannot find a way to forgive Lily for San mm. Francisco. He says there are other moments in the series when she acts selfishly, like the credit cards, <clears throat> where he is reminded of this personality trait, and it always reminds him of San Francisco, and he can't just get past it. It's important to note that I do not agree. 
For me, to avoid spoilers, I'll just say this. There is something that Marshall says in the last season to Lily during Mm -hmm. an argument that I can't just get past. It makes me ugly cry, and during rewatches, I have to force myself not to skip this episode. Looking forward to your answers and any others that our fellow Himyum fans may have. Stay beautiful, Bethany. Mm. Oh, I love that. Stay beautiful. Yeah. The unforgivable. Anything you can think of that's unforgivable? I don't know. I think I'm a doormat. <laughs> I mean, I think I think Ted's uh, fucking over of Victoria and lying to Robin, all of that in season one was awful. And, you know, the whole episode where he's at Robin's apartment, nothing good ever happens after 2 a.m., those lies, to me, that was really gross, especially because he positioned himself as the victim of the breakup, yeah, to curry even more pity from Robin, to me mm-hmm. that was that was really gross. It was gross, but like when I think about if it's, I don't know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be with someone who did that. To yeah, me. like if if I'm Robin in this situation, yeah, yeah. but I, I don't hate him, him for it. It's not like yeah, it's not like um, Bethany's husband who like can't get past it. Yeah, I don't think. There's anything that happens that I just can't get past because those flaws make them a little bit just like more real and human. Mm, that's true. You know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, Barney does some awful things. Yeah. Like over and over again, but he's he's such I a guess, redeemable character. <laughs> I guess, though, too, that I, I mean, like as much as I like love them as though they are real people that. Yeah. Like if Barney was a real person. Nobody would be laughing at what he's doing. Yeah, no one would be friends with him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, know. so I guess it's all forgivable because we love them, but there are yeah. definitely some things where it's just like, ew, gross. Yeah, like I, I'm not. I say this to my husband and son. I always love you, but I don't always like you. <laughs> so that's how I Sick feel. Burn, mom. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, man. I love it. Um, all right. The next question. I hope that answered your question, Bethany. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. That was a non-answer. No, I mean, we gave a couple little examples. Um, and then our next questions, there's a couple come from Danny. Danny says, so I just finished listening to How I Met Everyone Else, and Danny's been working really hard to catch up. So good job, Danny. Good job, Danny. She said, you guys shared how much how you met each other. Adorbs, by the way. Thank you. Oh, but I'm curious how you met Liz and Chris. I love the constant little mentions of them and can't wait for you to bring Chris on and have Liz <laughs> back. I agree with you that early no, I agree with that early comment that having the four of you sounds awesome. I feel like it would have to be like a mini episode because I don't know if oh, we could it, get it would them be. to sit. There's for, no way we could get through an episode all four of us. No. Maybe we'll do a little interview with them. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Right? All right, cool. That's we'll perfect. Do that. We'll do that. We'll, we'll do schedule it. it. Okay. All right, cool. Um, so how we met. Do you want to talk about how you met Chris? I feel like we've talked about it, but I guess not. Yeah, so did I. Hmm. You met through friends, right? Yeah, we met through friends. Um Chris isn't from the area, but he was working at a place where I knew it was a small startup company. I knew most of the people there. And so we ran in kind of similar social circles, but never crossed paths. Pass wait crossed paths. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we never crossed paths to the point where like I went to this party, he didn't go, and then the next party I didn't go, but he went. Like we're mm-hmm. always at opposite ones, and then um, 
we just met one night and um, I had heard some rumors about him and I called him on it and he was like, yup. And I was like, wow, he's, he is who he is. And <laughs> which was kind of refreshing. Nice. Um, yeah, I didn't talk to him for a month later and then he hit me up on Facebook and got me to go out on a date on a Monday night with him. Wow. Yeah. Well, we were supposed to go out the following Thursday, like a week in advance, like a week later. Um, but he's not a very patient person. He was like, yo, like, let's just go out. Like, I don't want to wait. <laughs> I want to take you out tonight. That sounds familiar. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Liz and I met online. Thank you, OkCupid. Okay so, you know, hearing Ted be worried about meeting people online, I was like, like I said last time, it's not there's really no a thing stigma. for, there's no stigma anymore. But it's also just for lesbians. There was never the, uh, like, privilege of it being a stigma. Like, mm-hmm. not everyone wanted to meet someone at a freaking club and woof, you know? Like, there were not a lot of places where you could meet someone. And also, lesbians are very shy and overly respectful Fragile. of each other. You know, like we don't want to intrude or make you feel uncomfortable, so we don't ask anybody out ever. Yeah. Um, so I liked Liz's profile. Of course, I didn't message her because I was too scared. Aww. I gave her profile a little star mm-hmm. and then uh, took her a month to star me back. Bitch. And she says that she was intimidated by my profile. Because I talked about being a writer, I guess. I don't fucking know. See, that's one thing. That is the reason why I never did online dating. Because I do not know what I would write about myself. Oh, I mean, my my profile went through a lot of iterations. And so whatever she saw when I first starred her, she was, like, scared by. But mm. then I, like, I think I sort of made it more me and less like, I'm this really amazing, pretentious writer. And I said things like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing here. You know, like I yeah. got more like down to earth about it. And so she she was like, all right. So she messaged me. Oh, and her opening right, I can see her. Her opening line was, hi, I'm Liz. Do you have a selfie stick? <laughs> <laughs> Which I found out she used... On a lot of different people. Oh. And that was like her her bait. You know what I mean? Because she hates selfie sticks. So it was a little conversation starter. That's a great conversation cute, starter. Right? Yeah. Chris had messaged me on Facebook Messenger because he did it on my cell phone mm-hmm. and asked what I was doing home on a Friday night on Facebook. Oh, wow. That's like, I don't have any friends. Yeah. He's like, what? He's like, let me take you out. Oh, that's like, cute. I don't know you. And he's like, well, get to know me. Let me take you out. And I was like. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I literally don't know who you are. Like, right. Not. And then my friend, you know, Jeanette. Yep. Who we had on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I frantically messaged her and was like, all right, tell me everything you know about him. Yeah. And she loved him. Oh, yeah. And so. then you loved him. Mm-hmm. But the first thing he said to me, like when I asked him the question and he was like, yep. Then I left because we were at a... Um, we were out at a Christmas party after party mm-hmm. at the bar. And um, I was leaving the bar. He's outside smoking a cigarette. So cool. And so he's like, cool. yo. And I go, what? He's like, you're tall. That's what like, he said oh. to you? That's what he said to me. So I always say that you're on tall. that anniversary. Oh. I go, yo. I'm like, what? You're tall. I'm like, cool. And I walked away. <laughs> cool game, Chris. Cool game. Like, wow. Well, I'm I, um, 
Liz and I went to get Thai food as our first date and neither of us like ate anything because we were just talking to each other the whole time very nervously. Mm. I remember like how pumped you were was after crazy. that date. Yeah. And then we um we went and got Dell's lemonade. If anyone You can't is- see Kate, but her face is like split in a smile. <laughs> and she's literally glowing. Yeah. It's not from the computer screen. Um but like on the way to the Dells, I was still like, she probably just wants to be friends. I'm a cool person. She probably, even if she doesn't like want to be with me, yeah, she probably wants to be friends. Mm. Like I would, I would ask me on a second friend date, like to, yeah. uh, to a second location, and that's okay. I'm like, that's okay. I'm like trying to like manage my feelings for her that mm-hmm. I'm starting to have, mm. which is crazy because I've never had a problem pulling tail. I've never had a date where the person mm. didn't want to go on a second date with me. Seven, solid seven. So yeah, we How get they even push you up to an eight. I, I don't know. Right? So mm. we went. Um, Fuck you. <laughs> What'd she say? She just tweeted. She texted me. I had enough friends. <laughs> she didn't want more friends. So um, yeah, we like walked around and around like until the sun fucking came down, eating our Dell's lemonade, and then um, we were sitting together on a bench, and she said. I'm really busy right now. So I was like, oh, here it is. Yeah. Here's the letdown. It's okay. This was a nice time. You'll meet somebody else, right? I'm like going through all this in my head. She's like, I have like a lot going on this weekend. And I was like, okay, that's okay. And she said, so do you want to get breakfast with me Saturday morning? I remember you told me that. I was like, what? To me, that was like... Because I asked you, how'd the date go? You didn't even tell me her name or anything. You're just like... You're like, I'm having breakfast with this bitch on Saturday. I was like, what the fuck? And this was Thursday. I think it was a yeah. Thursday that we went out. And um, yeah. And then I drove home and I couldn't sleep. And the next morning at like 4 a.m., because I didn't sleep all night, I like drove to the bay to like watch mm-hmm. the sun come up just to do something so I wouldn't fucking text her at 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> And then, like, as soon as the sun came up, I texted her and just said, I am so wired, I didn't sleep at all. And this was, like, 5 in the morning. And immediately, there's the three dots. And she said, me neither. I was just like, "Uh, oh, my God. So, and then that's, it was history, you know. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, Chris had a go up to Boston on Monday, like, for work for the week. Mm -hmm. And, um. After we was just gonna bring me home after dinner, he's like, I don't, I don't want to be creepy, but he's like, I just don't, I don't want this night to end. I don't want to bring you home. Like, do you want to yeah. come back to my place? And then we just like talked, and then, you know, ah, it was great. Aww. It was the best first date, right? My best first date and my last first date. That's what Liz said when she left the date. She called her mom and her sister and said, "I just had my last first date." She said that that day. How cute I like, is that? I love Liz so much. I love you're so, a sweet oh, baby, baby and I love you. My friend Lana met her husband online. And she was like, "I never would have met him out. He doesn't go to bars. He doesn't Same. go anywhere. Yeah. How would I have met him? Exactly. How there would is I met no him? way. And then what would I life had? What would it have been like? Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, the fucking man. best. And <clears> also, <throat> I mean, I think both of our stories show that mm. you don't need to chase somebody. 
If you're chasing somebody no. and trying to like convince them to like you and stay with you and be with you, there is someone out there that will fucking want to take you to breakfast on a Saturday just to make time for you. Yeah. Someone who will take you out on a fucking Monday night because they don't want to wait until next weekend. Yeah. Wait for that. Or don't wait for it. Have fun. Get your heart broken. That's all very useful. And I did it a million times. Good but, to learn. But don't stop. Don't stop until someone is that excited because you're fucking worth it. So true. It's so true. I could cry right now. It's so true, though. I know. Oh, I miss my husband. Oh, yeah. I'm Chris so is sad right now. Chris is out of town. Yeah. Oh, well, you can tell him that you love him once we're done. Um, okay. And the next question is actually about this episode. But thank you for that, Bethany. We both just had a lovely little. It's Danny. Oh, Danny. Sorry. Danny, thank you for yeah. that question. Nice little walk down memory lane. Um, and her next question is, if you guys were Marshall, would you have taken Jeff's job offer or gone with the NRDC? And if you were Lily, would you have told Marshall about all the credit card debt? I have real life experience with this. Oh, let's hear it. Um, yeah, I was Lily for sure. And Lily. I did not tell Chris Ooh. about it until... Um, I didn't have a choice, <laughs> which is sucked. Fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. Was so, it as bad as Lily? I don't. Do we ever find out a number? We don't find out a number, but she had like 40 credit cards. I didn't have 40 credit cards, but I had excellent credit. So high limits. <laughs> on high limits. Yeah. Um, high stakes. Yeah. I didn't fuck around. Fuck, dude. Um, yeah. So I was forced to tell her i mean it was definitely like so shameful yeah it's like how do you how do you say and because he's such a good adult i was gonna say if i had a lot of debt i would feel so (sighs) bad hiding it from liz because she's so fastidious chris is too like chris is so fiscally responsible he's so he's just the best adult i know uh, yeah, so it was, it was like very shameful and it was something like i thought about all the time but did not know how to bring it up yeah um, but I mean, at this point I've come to the realization that there's really not really anything I can do that is unforgivable for Chris. That's good. Yeah. So, um, I had to tell him and I did and he paid off all of my credit card debt. What? Yeah. Oh my God. But I'm not allowed to have credit cards anymore. So that's a trade off. <laughs> well, I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, we do have one credit card for that emergencies. We put everything. No, we put everything on it and pay it off every month. Oh, I see. Gotcha. So, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like happily handed over the finances to him. Yeah. Not that I was really doing a lot anyway, but. Well, I mean, that's. Um, that's men's work anyway, you know? I know. It's my tiny little woman brain. can't handle it. <laughs> I just didn't like the weight of the responsibility. Yeah, I get it. Honestly. It was just too heavy for me. Yeah. Um, and I know some people are like, what about your independence? And whatever. But I also work full time. And also I can buy what I want when I want. And same for him. You um, divide do, things the way you divide things. There's yeah, no judgment We at run all. big purchases by each other. But if I yeah. want to buy something, I buy it. And would you have taken the job? That Jeff Coatsworth offered you? 100%. Yeah, right? If only so I could try to sleep with Jeff Coatsworth. Fuck yeah. Agreed. Oh. But also, all that money and you just get out of law school? 
Are you kidding? You pay off your student loan debt. I'm drowning in student loan debt. You want to live in New York City? Jeff Coatsworth was right. I'm sorry. Yeah. If you want to keep living in fucking Manhattan, take the money. And he's from the Midwest where the cost of living is much, Mm -hmm. much lower. Mm -hmm. So You could buy a, a house on the lake in Michigan or Minnesota. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do it. Do it up. Um, I also, um, I probably would have hidden my credit card debt until I couldn't anymore. Yeah. It's just, it didn't feel good. Yeah. And the way Lily's like, it's my problem. I'll deal with it. That's, that's how I would have felt. I think. Oh, same, same. Yeah. So it was like really awful that like Chris paid it off. Yeah. But relieving. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for these awesome questions, guys. Yeah, they were fun. Please feel free to write in with more of them. And now let's get into... I'm not that guy featuring lots of legendary moments from listeners like you at the end. Woohoo. This episode of Hey Beautiful is brought to you by our Patreon Almighty Five Level members, Russell and Tish. Thank you both for your support. And to all of our patrons, you are truly legendary. To support the show and get cool How I Met Your Mother perks each month, visit patreon.com slash heybeautifulpod. This is Season 3, Episode 6, I'm Not That Guy. It first aired on October 29th, 2007. The writer is Jonathan Groff. And our director, as always, is Pam Fryman. Do we have any info on Jonathan Groff and other episodes he directed or no? Has he already done one that we've reviewed? No, not yet. He says Everything Must Go and The Possimple. Oh, I can never say that. (laughs) Possimple. Possimpable. You got it. It just feels wrong. He's not Jonathan Groff, the actor, though. We should just clear that up. He's not, you know, from Glee or Frozen. Right. Gotcha. At the top of the episode, Ted is working from home to avoid distractions, only to be extremely distracted at the same time by Marshall and Barney, who come running in with very big news. Mm-hmm. Um, Marshall's really excited. Barney's really excited. Of course, Barney gets his news out first. I found a porno starring Ted Mosby. Uh, apparently, it's called Welcome to the Sex Plane. And <laughs> Ted Mosby is the uh, the navigator. And Ted is just blown away because it has the same spelling and everything is his name, which is really strange. And this whole time, Marshall keeps trying to tell his big news and keeps getting just completely steamrolled by Barney and Ted. So sad. I know. And now it's like this established pattern of season three where Marshall is kind of the the beta dog of the three mm-hmm. of them and they're just sort of walking all over him a little bit. Yeah. The plot thickens a little bit more because as soon as Ted hears that there's a porn star with his name, a conversation with his doctor makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so Ted's really wondering, like, who is this guy? Like, where did he come from? Barney decides to put in the porn, and as he's doing that, Marshall finally sees an opening to tell everybody that he got the job at the NRDC, which is what he has been waiting for. Um, We know that he's an environmentalist all the way back to season one where he felt bad about working for Barney when he really wanted to save the gorillas. Um, And now he's finally got the chance to work at the NRDC. But then we're right back in with the porn in come Lily and Robin and catch all the guys watching porn together. <laughs> and Lily has an amazing line. It's the best. It's so good. I hope it's not that you, because Marshall says, I have some really great news. And she says, I hope it's not that you won some sort of race here. 
And uh, we are officially on Bang Watch 2019. Mm. Bang Watch continues. The bangs are a little weird still. They're wonky. They look like they've been cut sort of vertically with scissors all the way across. Uh, Things are getting a little weird. And also Robin is wearing a very weird shirt that is just like burned into my brain. Even. It's like a navel, uh, like a navel length cowl. On a shirt, like on a sweater that completely does not match the cowl at all. It is so bizarre. It is so ugly. It is so bad. Who dresses her? I don't know. There's a couple fug outfits on this episode. Um, And Mm -hmm. that is just the first of them. Uh, So they're sitting there all watching the porn together. And another great line is Robin saying, that Ted Mosby really knows what he's doing. (laughs) Yikes. Marshall says that. He got his job at the NRDC, but Lily wants to know if he's still going to the other interview. Um, This is one that his dad set up, and they show a quick shot of who Nicholson, Hewitt, and West are. They're this law firm, basically, that's representing, as Marshall says, everybody that he was going to sue when he worked for the National Resource Defense Council. And do you know the fun fact about Nicholson, Hewitt, and West? Uh, yeah, it's, um, well, it's from season one, episode 21, Milk, where Clark Butterfield works. That's part of it. And then I forgot I about that we piece. talked about it on Milk. Did we? Yeah. This is the name of the three, three of the dorms that Carter and Craig lived in at Wesleyan. I feel like we talked about Nicholson, that before. Hewitt, and West. Yeah, one of our listeners mentioned it, too, in their email. Okay. But, yeah, so Clark Butterfield, that's right. I forgot about that one. Clark Butterfield Mm -hmm. works across from uh, GN – no, it's not GMB. It's Ultracell. Mm -hmm. Works across from Ultracell where Barney works, and they had that prank war. Thank you very much. I just saw the tennis balls dropping and thought – Yeah, I I could see the tennis balls, but could not for the life of me remember the the name of it. Oh, yeah. So – That's funny. Marshall's going to go to an interview – um, mm-hmm. or where he doesn't want to, but Lily is really pressing him on it for some reason. And then Ted Mosby, the porn star, enters the sex plane. And um, I love Ted doesn't recognize him. Ted doesn't recognize him, but then I love when they are like, do the do the sex face, and he does it. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, do, no, do I, I look like it. him? He's like, I don't know, it's hard to tell. Do this face. Do this. <laughs> <laughs> he does it. It's so good. I'm like, yeah, right around the eyes. But I feel like everybody would look kind of like Ted Mosby with that face. It's a very specific face. It is a very specific. Oh, God. Not attractive. So, yeah. Off to a great rolling start here. Mm-hmm. Um, at the bar, even Wendy knows about Ted Mosby, the porn star. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Ted wonders if he's getting famous all of a sudden and Barney is already one step ahead and on his website and turns out in the last three months he has made 125 movies I love it and the math turns out is 42 movies a month Robin points out Mm -hmm. and who is he anyway Jude Law To which she gets crickets and she just tries. It's just, it's bad. It's so true though. Like at that point, Jude Law was in fucking everything. Yeah. She was was. right. She was right. 
Barney finds that there's a recent interview with Adult Video Weekly. Mm -hmm. And then we get this flashback to Ted doing an interview with AVW. So could be Adult Video Weekly or what Ted thinks is Architecture Vision Weekly. And you can see, like, the blood, like, drain out of his face. He's just like, oh, shit. So then we get this really fun play on words that mm-hmm. um, if you don't have the right context, it can be interpreted differently. Yep. So Ted's quoted in the interview as saying things like, I'll be working with at least three partners. <laughs> um, they're going to ride me pretty hard. Great guys. He's been bent over a table. So all sorts of sexual innuendos. Yep. Um, which makes it pretty pretty funny to, to see the realization to come across Ted's face. <laughs> yeah. He hadn't, like, really... They do a quick flashback to him saying something about the phone call but he hadn't talked about it with his friend so he was like probably like maybe keeping it a secret yeah. until until it came out until it was published yeah. whoopsie i love i love when um the guy calls him ted says oh my god i've been reading your magazine since i was a kid and the guy's just like oh man bummer yeah i love that because <laughs> it's a porno that's fucking magazine. weird <laughs> um anyway so marshall um comes to the bar and he did go to the interview and it was completely different. So he expects this old white dude, Jefferson Coatsworth, to come on in. And uh, he was going to tell him off. But uh, Jeff Coatsworth is played by the delicious <sighs> John Joe. Oh, I love him so much. He is so attractive. He's so sexy. This <sighs> little compact little body. Oh, I my mean, God. Right? He has to be on every lesbian's, like, very short, fuckable list. Like, the dude... Meets a lot of the criteria. The Right? Oof. Please. Please, John Cho. Yeah. Oh, anyway. My loins. My, lo- my loins. <laughs> anyway, so John Cho is... Um, you guys remember him probably from Harold and Lee... Uh, Harold Lee in Harold and Kumar. Mm-hmm. Um... Which Neil Patrick Harris was in. Yeah. And I remember that scene being like, what the fuck? Like, Neil Patrick Harris, like, where has he been? He, it was that At that point, it was super random. I don't think How I Met Your Mother was even uh-huh. on yet, right? It was 2004. It was like this joke about, you know, t- child stars. Yeah. And it was, that was one of, like, the funniest parts of that movie for me. Oh, yeah. And we will see Kumar later. Yeah, that's right. Later in the season, or the series, rather. The series, yeah, not the season. So, um, everyone will be so, represented. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so uh, Jeff is not even in a suit. He's, like, got this really, like, beautiful, like, light. Bl- Ugh, oh, he just. Fuck me up, John Joe. I can't. I just. <laughs> we need to get yeah. through this scene. Cause okay, sorry. Palma's getting hot flashes. Whew. All right. So immediately he asks Marshall, can I beer ya? Yeah. Like, he's just, like, soup school, right? Yeah. Like, seems really nice. But we find out, actually, three years from now, he is uh, being dragged out, screaming, kicking, yelling, go to hell, I'll do it again, but then looks at, like, the camera and is like, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. <laughs> so we know there's a fun story, but we don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that he's not a good guy. Yeah. But Marshall still um, thinks he is. Yeah. 
So he he's like, uh, you know, Marshall, you don't want to work here. You just got a job at the NRDC, and that's awesome. And I could have done that and eats me alive. And he crosses his arm. He's like, I hate myself. And then he turns and he looks at the <laughs> mirror. I hate myself. I hate myself. So good. I oh. know he's an asshole, and I still believe him. Like I, me too. We know he's a criminal, and I'm like, oh, Jeff. I'm like, sure. You took the wrong path, buddy. I understand. I, you hate yourself. <laughs> um, and Barney instantly recognizes this technique. He's like, oh, he's good. Mm-hmm. He's really good. Yep. Um, and you have a note here because, again, I'm using Kate's notes, Silence of the Lamb. Like Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. So, you yep. know, so Barney is like the Hannibal Lecter here, basically unfolding for Marshall exactly what the process is. The process is of, in this case, seduction instead of mm-hmm. um, luring someone in and then eating their face. <sighs> yeah. Heavy. He gets every step of it right, though. Yeah. It's classic technique, classic right? Classic seduction. So first buys, buys the girl a drink. Mm-hmm. So we've already seen that with Jeff asking uh, if he can beer, beer Marshall. Yep. Pretending to be interested in the same thing. Yep. Um, you know, Marshall is doesn't buy into it. He thinks that uh, he's a good guy. Yep. But Barney just keeps going further. He goes, well, I didn't offer you the job because that'll happen later at dinner. And then we get a cut to the interview where, of course, Jeff is offering to take Marshall out for dinner as a yep. thank you. Yep. And uh, he can tell Marshall, he can, Marshall can tell Jeff all about his job at the NRDC and they'll charge it to one of the evil clients. And he's going to, um, he asks if he's ever heard of Kobe beef. <laughs> and so I remember Chris dying at this yeah. description. He's like, well, the place he's going to take him has Kobe lobster, which is lobster that it's only fed Kobe beef. With Kobe beef. Yep. <laughs> God damn it, he's so sexy. He is fucking sex on a, oh, a stick. I don't know like what, what corn, like the line is. Like a tuck is, a fun land corn dog. Yeah. <laughs> Minus the E. coli. <laughs> fucking A. And also, I mean, Barney knows how to use this on women, but he also will use these techniques later to seduce someone into a job. Mm-hmm. That's all we'll say about that. So Marshall says he doesn't want to go at all, but... Lily looks worried and tells him that he should go and you might as well get a great meal out of the deal. Mm -hmm. And that is an approach I've always taken to a date that I know might not be great. So right before my first date with Chris, I had gone on a couple of first dates and they were all terrible. And I was like, you know what? Going to get a meal out of it. Yeah. He's taking me to a great restaurant. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get a good meal. So yeah, man. why not? So I understand Lily's logic here. And it's more of the dating stuff, right? Like more of the parallels. And that doesn't seem that doesn't seem weird that she would say that. Like Mm -mm. I didn't pick up on it the first time that she was kind of pushing him until she reveals it. Right. And then you're like, oh. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Mastermind. Um, you know, Robin is on Ted Mosby, the porn stars website Mm -hmm. and kate you mentioned here in your notes that it's the first time we've really seen them on their smartphones yeah and you noted that the iphone uh came out in 2007 that is not something i picked up on i definitely pick up on their their dumb phones 
but yeah, but all the of a sudden, the smartphone just seemed so natural. Yeah, but it's like just this episode they all started yeah getting information on them. It's really interesting. It really is. So good good catch on that. And I wanted to point out that you're the one who found that little tidbit, not me. That was oh. way too <laughs> Thanks, buddy. So I want to give credit where credit is due. Appreciate you. Um, anyway, so it turns out that there's this even stranger coincidence mm-hmm. other than the kind of unique name of Ted Mosby, but he is also from the same hometown as Ted, Shaker Heights, Ohio. Yep. And in real life, Josh is actually from Bexley, Ohio, which is two hours south. Two hours so this, north. Wait. Oh, okay. No, Shaker Heights is up north. Yeah, Bexley is, is two hours south. Sorry. I got that right. Have you been there? No, I just looked on the map today. Oh, like you're talking like, oh, no, just no, good no. memory. Good recall. Thanks, buddy. Um, so, you know, it's getting pretty weird. So Ted wants to find out who the fuck this guy is and turns out he's in luck because there is an adult video expo in New York City. And Robin says adult weird. She's like adult. I think it's a Canadian thing. Yeah. I love a good convention, though, a good expo. Oh, we went to one together. Yes, we did. We went to DragCon in New York. Mm -hmm. That was fucking amazing. I will probably never do it again, but it was definitely worth going once. Yeah. If there's a queen I really want to see, I still want to meet Rue. We saw her, though. (sighs) Did you see? You saw her, right? Yeah. Yeah. We were just, like, frozen in our boots as she walked by. It was like I saw Santa. Like, I could not believe (sighs) my eyes. It's like Oprah. Yes. It was amazing. I felt like... I said Santa because I felt like a little kid. Yeah. Like, like that. Oh, my gosh. And like it was a magical person that maybe didn't really exist. Yeah. yeah and I felt like if I blinked <coughs> or breathed, yeah. he'd disappear. Yeah. And that's basically what happened. He waved to us, though, because I yelled. I know. It's <laughs> like, Paul, we love you. And I met Ashley Nell Tipton. Yeah, that's right. That was so cool. And I talked to Trixie. I was yes, like, Trixie, I love you. Your album's I amazing. And she was really made happy eye about contact, that. acknowledged your presence. Yep, yep, incredible. Yep. And Liz kept making us go back and just stare at her for a while. <laughs> it was amazing. That was a good one. Yeah, conventions are great. Oh, all right, so now Marshall's out on his date. I'm sorry, his dinner, his business dinner <laughs> with Jeff Coatsworth, and this totally reminded me of Marshall's other bro date with Brad mm. back in season two when they go to Cafe Lamore and go to see. Mama Mia, right? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, except this is like way hotter. Um, yeah. So they're eating the Kobe lobster. You can really taste the beef, apparently. <laughs> and I just wrote, fuck, John Cho is so hot. So I'm sorry that I'm so thirsty this episode, but. Hey. There isn't a lot of lesbian eye candy, so you got to find it where you can. You know what I mean? It's no wonder because Jeff is laying it on so thick. You know, mm-hmm. really acting like, oh, I'm not going to give you this job. Why would I give you this job? You don't want this job. Let's just, you know, let's just enjoy this dinner. I got to give you the spiel or I won't be able to go back upstairs. Um, and Marshall feels like he's ready to fight this, mm-hmm. but not ready for the number that comes across the table. Because even though he knew it was going to be a big number, this number apparently was... Out of his realm of possibilities. So he's taken aback. Jeff keeps laying it on. You get a signing bonus, expense account, company car. Jeff, stop selling. You made the sale. I would have been in like sin. Oh, yeah. 
And then on top of everything, there's fucking Patrick Swayze across the restaurant. Crazy Swayze. Crazy Swayze. Who they apparently represent, but he's not a scumbag, so I don't know why he's one of their clients. Um, yeah, it was interesting. But we know Marshall loves Swayze. He mentions Swayze in uh, First Time in New York mm-hmm. when he's got She's Like the Wind stuck in his head from Dirty Dancing being on TV. Um, and Marshall is tr- just still trying so hard to resist, but Jeff is just better at this. He's just better at he does this amazing moment uh, where he, without telling Marshall he needs the money, he just kind of slowly takes away all of Marshall's reasons that he can exist without it. Ooh. It is so good. First, it's, it's oh, masterful. So you're just going to live on your family money. Oh, so you don't want to have kids. Oh, well... New York public schools are terrible, but the kids who walk out, walk out proud. Like, at no point is he um, dismissive or or, uh, pushy. Mm -hmm. He's just letting Marshall come to his own conclusions. And honestly, he's fucking right to live in Manhattan. Like, that's... uh, Take the money job for a while, kid. Like... Yeah, the you, the the environment's gonna need your help in in ten years. So just yeah, just go for the money. Maybe I'm a garbage person, but no, I don't think so. I think we're just I older need... and wiser. And as millennials, financial security is very important because we don't have fucking social security to find fall back on. So right, yeah, yeah. Future Ted tells us that in a situation like this, he loves a good old fashioned pros and cons list. <laughs> yeah. Same, yeah. I mean, it's it's just so cathartic to just to see it, to see it and really like weigh it out. Oh, we helped my friend break up with her boyfriend with a pros and cons list. Nice. It was amazing. We know Marshall already knows all the cons. You know, it's it's just everything he is -hmm. against. Mm -hmm. Um, But the one big pro that he doesn't know about or there is one big pro that Marshall doesn't know about. Yeah. Yeah. And. We cut to Robin and Lily going through all these new clothes that Robin bought. And, that Lily bought. Oh, yeah, that that Lily bought. <laughs> and Robin says to her, um, you know, like, hey, Lily, so you, you know, you make a kindergarten teacher salary, right? And Lily's like, yeah. She's <laughs> like, well, how do you afford all this? And then Lily just throws out all of these um these excuses. Um, yeah. She shops the sales and then they're in the closet when she moved in. Then I steal. I'm a criminal. <laughs> and I remember that panic, that panic feeling of like, holy shit, Eesh. like can't hide that now. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it turns out that Lily has a box full of credit cards and no idea how much debt she's in. Real bad. Familiar. Yikes, dude. Um, Downtown, Ted and Barney are on the case at the Adult Video Expo, and they're trying to find Ted Mosby, the porn star, when Ted sees a guy from HR at his firm. (laughs) They both do this awkward wave to each other, and then he says, okay, I need to find Bizarro me. 
And mm-hmm. if you've watched Seinfeld, it's a Seinfeld reference. It's actually a Superman reference, and Seinfeld's oh, it goes a huge way Superman back. fan. Interesting. Yeah, actually, I'm pretty sure there is a Superman hidden in Jerry's apartment in every episode. Really? Yeah, that's so cool. He loves he loves Superman. It's like a big theme. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah, Superman um, Bizarro is Superman's Bizarro, but he has a backwards S. Oh, but yeah, there is a whole Seinfeld episode about um, Jerry has all these like Bizarro versions of his friends. It's the exact opposite. Like the George Bizarro is like real, really, really, really nice. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like it's the great. doppelgangers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And there's like, the there's a Superman thread through How I Met Your Mother, too, with the Jor-El, my son, you know, that whole thing. Oh, yeah. So there's a little bit of both. Huh, how about that? How about it? And, um, of course, while they're at the porn show, Barney's trying to make it into some big moral issue that, yes. you know, porn's just misunderstood because it hasn't been around long enough. And in 400 years, uh, high school production is going to be putting on a, a plucky, spirited version of Meat Party 7. It's comparing porn to Shakespeare, basically. Mm-hmm. Cute. As you do. As you do. I don't want nobody fucking with me so, in these streets. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. Keep singing. <laughs> That's fine. So we find out now a big piece about Lily. Mm-hmm. Um, we've kind of gotten glimpses of it. You know, she enjoyed you know the wedding sale, the boot sale, all mm. of that. But now we come to see that it's really deeper than that it's definitely like a form she's using like retail therapy which definitely was something i did i've bought things to fill the void yeah man and so we cut to all these scenes of lily being sad and buying shoes so fighting with her mom Mm. she doesn't paint anymore because for some reason she thought being a kindergarten teacher would support her bitch come on you dumb dumb she's dumb (laughs) she's got a huge credit card bill which i laughed out loud that's so funny yeah um but marshall doesn't know and which is crazy to robin because they tell each other everything she's like you text him when he's in the bathroom And Chris and I laughed at that, and then we used to, like, anytime someone would go to the bathroom, we're like, hey, just rooting for you. <laughs> Robin starts to put the pieces together and realizes that Lily was pushing Marshall towards taking the job mm-hmm. because it pays a lot more money than the NRDC. They freaking need it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you point out here that Robin is... Such a good friend at times like this because she can be so direct and practical. She gives Lily the hard truths that she needs to hear. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love that about Robin. Mm-hmm. You don't always want that friend, but sometimes, I mean, sometimes right is right, you know? Robin points out that she has to tell Marshall. Mm-hmm. He has to take that job. There's no... No other way around no. it. He has to take it. Their life is um, fucked. And then you have a, <laughs> a piece about a line in here. Yeah. So that, I, I wanted to say that I really like when the two women get to talk to each other about things that are not necessarily uh, romantically related or about the guys, not about Ted and Marshall or Barney. 
Um, I like scenes that pass the Bechdel test. Mm-hmm. And if you aren't familiar with the Bechdel test, it is a test created by the fantastic Alison Bechdel, who is more of a thirst trap for me than even John Cho <laughs> is. Um, and Allison came up with this test of um, basically a TV show or a movie passes the test if two female characters have a lengthy conversation with each other that is not about their male significant other. Mm-hmm. It is hard to pass that test. Oh, my God. I mean, as soon as I learned what that test was and I started looking for it, like looking for these opportunities for two women to just talk to each other about their lives or their work or their mm-hmm. their uh, passions, it is hard to find, friends. So yeah. moments like this really stick out and I really appreciate them. And the same like with um, – with Victoria and Robin talking about whether she should go to Colorado or not, when they have like that one um, sort of genuine moment together in the bridal shop in season one or season. Yeah. Season one for a second there, there is like a Bechdel moment where they're saying like, I feel like giving up my job for a guy is on feminist. And so they're just having this conversation that really isn't about Ted. Mm-hmm. He's just sort of created this, this opportunity to talk about it. So I just love that. Good job male writer for letting them have this moment together you know that's a really good point that it was a male writer right mm-hmm. good job jonathan yeah excellent we approve yeah um hmm. so back at the porn convention that they have found <laughs> ted mosby and it's pharma from super troopers Ah, uh, kevin heffernan wow what a perfect name for that looking guy he looks like a Kevin Heffernan. He's he could be no, nobody other than Kevin, right? He's a full Kevin. Yeah. He's from West Haven, Connecticut. What really? Uh huh. That's so funny. And he's a Gemini. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. He's great. And I, on IMDb, it said that he went to Colgate and that he is an attorney and that he passed the bar in Connecticut and New York. And I did one Google search. Yeah. And said, "Is Kevin Heffernan?" An attorney, but there are people with the same name who are attorneys, and I just looked, and I was like, "This is going to take too much time." Yeah, and it's not really worth it. But that's very interesting. Not. Yeah, it was interesting, but not interesting. I didn't enough. really care to find out if it was true. <laughs> or not. Oh God! Uh, so, turns out, Ted does know this guy, even though he doesn't think he knows him, because when Steve who is the porn star's real name, was Mm -hmm. in fourth grade. Ted was in ninth grade and caught him getting beat up by some older kids. And Ted broke up the fight or the fucking jump, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he was just so grateful that he said when he got older, he was going to honor Ted for, for saving him like that. And he's very proud of himself. And so Ted tells him what he's been doing, like, I'm trying to make a career as an architect. And, you know, having a porn star's name doesn't make it that easy. And the guy is like, (coughs) he's only been in porn for like three months, but he's already so, like, engrossed in the porn that there is, like, no reality outside of it. So when Ted tells him he wants to be an architect, he says, oh, like a sex architect? (laughs) 
Like, that doesn't even make sense. No, not at all. He's clearly not the smartest guy, like, just no. looking at him. Um, and he's uh, like, oh, that's that's interesting. I've been looking for a new project to shoot next Friday afternoon. I just keep thinking of the nude scene in Super Troopers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just the continued running gag of, like, the porn industry just... Uh. Pardon the phrase, but banging out movies one after the mm-hmm. next without any sort of planning whatsoever. Yeah. And so Ted wonders if there's a different way to honor him that's not using his name. And Steve is like, oh, I should have listened to my dad and just planted a tree in Israel. <laughs> I don't know why I loved that so much. but It's so good, though. Steve's really let down that Ted is not thrilled with his name choice. So he tries to recover by deflecting away and saying, actually, it wasn't me who saved you. It was a guy named Lance Hardwood. So good. And so Steve is just so dumb. He's like, oh, yeah, that's like a that's like a killer name in the porn industry. If you didn't know. And uh, he's like, yeah, I can see that movie. Lance Hardwood, sex architect, starring Ted Mosby. So dumb. Didn't get it. So dumb. At all. Didn't get it at like, all. Like, uh, But perfectly done by Kevin Heffernan. Yes. Perfect. He's he's perfect in that in that like role. Mm-hmm. Of dumb. <laughs> that role of dumb. Yeah. Anyway, so we cut back to Marshall at the restaurant with Jeff and giggling over some, you know, the end of dinner drinks. And he stays late, so it ends up crashing at Jeff's house. And if you have ever unexpectedly <laughs> spent the night somewhere, you may be familiar with the morning walk of shame. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Um, so again, you know, like Barney was saying that Jeff was seducing Marshall. We again see that same parallel happening. Mm-hmm. We see that Marshall's now walking you know, this walk of shame along with all of these other women. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, of course, Kate, you, you do define the walk of shame as the long journey home after doing something you regretted the night before. Yep. And we see all these women in like dresses, their hair's all fucked up. They have no shoes on. Disgusting. Foul. In New York Foul. City. I can't. <laughs> Gross. No, thanks. All set. And then there's Marshall. Um, and I want to, point out earlier when um, we, I forgot to mention this at the bar when Marshall was talking about the dinner offer and how oh, I don't know if I'm going to go mm-hmm. when he decides he is going to go Barney makes a comment about he says something like don't don't wait up don't wait up yeah he was yeah. right he was right he was so again right he was right because I remember seeing the walk of shame, and that's when the line popped in my head. I went, "Holy shit! Holy shit!" He called it. He knew Jeff was a closer. Marshall took the jab. Jeff like gives him a little wave and a send off, like "I'll call you." And this girl goes, "He's not gonna call you." <laughs> I loved it because like Marshall looks back, so you, that girl knew that he was a fucking amateur. Yeah, this is like his first one night stand. I know she's already so got she her just, coffee. Yeah, she's not gonna fucking call you, buddy. He's not going to call you. So, yeah, so Marshall comes in ready to tell Lily what happened, and she's ready to talk about the credit cards. Mm-hmm. And he just cuts her off and says that he took the job, and he's sorry, but he couldn't say no to the money. And 
Lily sees the number and then she is laying in a pile of boots. <laughs> Most of them are neutral color, but I did see a red pair. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, so something a little fancier in there. But so she is just, you know, thinking about her shopping habit and not, you know, trying to change her way. So there's that selfish piece yeah. that Bethany's husband sees. Mm, yep. Um, and Marshall feels awful like he's a sellout, but, you know, they need that money for their family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's, he starts to think about how capitalism sucks and then the NRDC is protecting the environment and he starts to drive himself crazy. Yep. Because he's just such at odds. Yeah. And so. And Lily could make this all a lot easier for him. Mm-hmm. But she won't. Mm-mm. So then down at the bar, Marshall's still driving himself crazy. Ted mentions the pros and cons list and, uh. Marshall's like, if you say that one more time, I'm going to fucking smack you. And I just (laughs) love that Wendy comes over with a legal pad. Like, Ted has already ordered it. Yep. Before they even sat down. And he's a dum-dum trying to get out of it at that point. And Marshall is just so tortured. And Robin's off talking to Lily and really pushing her to tell him so he can feel better about his choice to take this job. Um, and I have to point out that Lily has a horrible outfit on at this point. Oh, it was like, uh, like a see-through short sleeve blouse with some weird vest over it. And then it's buttoned all the way up. And then there's a butterfly necklace over it. It's just weird. There's not good outfits. Yeah. And except Jeff Coatsworth. They wanted him to shine. Definitely did. And, um, so yeah, the butterfly necklace, I'll just say is a big motif this season for the girls and also Ted. It's very important. <laughs> Good point. As we already know. So Lily walks over like she's going to confess. She seems like she's really ready to just lay it out there and help Marshall feel better. But then he says something that makes her feel like she can't tell him because he says, you know my heart and what's best for me. And she knows that this job will make him fucking miserable. I've had to do that with Chris. I've had to tell him. Tell him what? Do that. Like, to do what's going to make him unhappy? No, to do what's going to make him happy. Even though it might be more difficult? Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. What other choice? I mean, really? You don't, you don't want them to be yeah. unhappy. And um, yeah, she can't bring herself to tell him to compromise his beliefs. So she tells him to take the NRDC job. And, you know, he says, of course, of course. Of course I'm going to take that NRDC job. So Marshall steps out to take... Uh, to call Jeff and just to tell him, you know, I can't take the job. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> magically he shows up in a fucking limo. He's like, come take a ride in this awesome limo. He's <laughs> just so cool. He is the coolest. Like, I am eating out of his palm. Oh, yeah. At this I point. know. We saw him get arrested on the steps of his company. I'm still like, okay, where are we going, Jeff? Sure. Right? Asked him 18. I told you to never bring that up ever again. You're disgusting. No more ass to mouth on this podcast. (laughs) All right, all right, right. sorry. Ass to mouth and spoiler free. Picturing human centipede when you say it, and then I remember what it really is, and it's really gross. So he ends up taking Marshall to Tuckahoe Funland, which is actually based on uh, Playland or Rye Playland, which is in. New York, mm-hmm. and it's got kind of a dark history. Like, I went to the Wikipedia page Ooh. and looked at their history, and there's a lot of 
like sad deaths. Yikes. Yeah. Well, that makes sense then. I'm not even going to read them out of respect. Thanks, dude. Yeah. I'm going to go look at it later, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to send you the link. Thanks, but bud. I just, like, it involves a lot of kids, so I don't. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. It's, like, mostly children. Fuck. Well, I, mean, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, so I don't want, that's why yeah, I'm not going to say understand. it. But you can feel free to Google and, and read yourself. Thanks, buddy. If you'd like to. I shall. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, this man, he's brilliant. So brilliant. And he's better than Barney because he doesn't come off sleazy, right? Right. Like he's like, he's he smooth. Just, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Whatever. He's hot enough. Make it. I don't know. He's just good. Anyway, so they he takes Marshall up on the Ferris wheel and then it's like, so what do you want to tell me? And Jeff acts like he gets it, you know, and they start he starts talking. He starts to change kind of the subject in a way that only masterful yeah con artists can yeah. like he starts to like twist the picture and he's like you know like look at this place kids enjoying it having fun like it's amazing and you know someone fought to preserve it and uh, Marshall got lawyered went, so hard he really did he walked right into it he did, and he tells uh, Marshall that if he comes to work for them, that his only client is going to be Tuckahoe Bunland. Which should and, have been a red flag. Like, is he that fucking dumb? Like, if you only have one client, that client probably needs a lot of legal help. And it's an amusement park with rides? Oh, God. No, oh, thank you. Yeah, no. So now Marsh is taking a job because it's not an evil corporation. It's just Tuckahoe Funland. <laughs> and then we get all of these beautiful spinning headlines of terrible shit. Yeah. Like three diet Funland. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I love this one. You pointed out to E. coli and the hot dogs, which we see Marshall eating yep. when he's with Jeff. And then he like kind of clutches his bathroom and, and runs in there. He clutches and his then, bathroom. Huh? He clutches his bathroom. Oh, clutches his stomach and runs to the bathroom. <laughs> Dude, it, I told you, I am You're fading. fading. All right, let's get through it. You got this. We're almost there. Finish strong. Best and final 10. Yes. <sighs> get that pure bar strength. Clutches his stomach and runs to the bathroom, <laughs> and then Lily sends him a text. Good luck in there, baby. Uh, so after the final cut. We see everyone in the apartment, and Barney comes in. He has got Lance Hardwood, sex architect, starring Ted Mosby. Oh. What's it, maybe two weeks later, they've already got it on DVD. Um, and so he just casually mentions that his name is in the credits because he did a little location scouting. So usually that means you go somewhere, you look at it, and then you rebuild it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, but not in this case, because we soon see... Lance Hardwood, a.k.a. Ted Mosby, sitting at Ted's fucking architect desk. And it is very clear that it is the real apartment. So I want to point out, too, not only did Barney scout the location, but he penned the fucking script, which you read about in his blog. Really? Yes. That's amazing. He's so gross. 
Ted Mosby, Sex Architect, Barnacle Productions. Oh. Fade in. Oh, my God. So the whole yeah. script is in there? I... So it says, like, Lance Hardwood, early 30s, very male, perfectly quaffed blonde locks. Oh. Struts around the grounds in a bathrobe with matching necktie. So it's Barney. He happens upon D.D. Cummings, his tan and lonely client, who is busy admiring the architecture of her new house from the cramped confines of a short sundress. D.D. Oh, my God. Oh, Lance Hardwood, thank you for designing my mansion. I find the hardwood style so manly. (laughs) Ew. To be continued, folks. It's 90 minutes later. <laughs> I must go. Oh, my God. So, uh, yeah, so we see, yeah, that this is the real apartment. And yeah. they uh, they talk about, let's go celebrate on the couch. And everyone's like, oh, and jumps up and cut to black. And that's the episode. So good. Yeah. The title's very self-explanatory. I'm not that guy. First one that might come to mind is Ted and the Porn Star or maybe mm-hmm. Marshall. Like, I'm not that guy that's going to sell out for this job. Mm-hmm. But then there's also mm-hmm. Lily. Like, I'm not the guy you thought I was this whole time. Like, I have, I'm hiding some shit. So She is. There's some different forms of deception and mistaken mm-hmm. identity happening here mm-hmm. in this episode. So what'd you think of it? It's a fun episode. It's yeah, fast. Yeah, I like it. It's a good one. John Cho. Oof, John Cho. Yep. All right. So let's get into our legendary moments. The first one, you know, I just happened to plug in the answering machine today and we had one. What? Yeah. We had a call on our answering machine. So no way. Let's listen to what Mandy has to say. Hey, Kate. Hey, Caitlin. It's Mandy. I wanted to give you my legendary moments for uh, episode six in season three. I'm not that guy. My legendary moment is probably Lily texting Marshall when he's on the toilet or in the bathroom. (laughs) That's absolutely something that I would do with my fiance. The other thing I really liked in this episode was Ted Mosby, sex architect. I just thought it was perfectly ridiculous uh, and directly in line for what we expect from the show at this point. All right. So uh, thank you so much for the hours of entertainment you've provided thus far. Uh, Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you, Mandy. That was uh, fantastic. Very. I love the answering machine. I know. Me too. Yeah. Anyone, send us a voice memo, and we'll we'll put it on our answering machine. Let's get into the rest of these ledge moments. Our next one is from Danny. Danny writes, uh, legendary moment for three, six is a tie between Robin saying that Ted Mosby sure knows what he's doing. And Marshall banging his head on the table at the bar while trying to decide what to do. Poor Marshmallow. I never was fond of how Lily handled this whole debt situation. Bad wifey. Amen. And that's where she Uh, agreed from someone who handled a debt (laughs) situation poorly. Yeah. Um, the next one comes from Tish and she's one of our patrons. All right. So Tish says, Hey, K and K, I love this episode. My legendary moment is when Robin is watching the video and comments that that Ted Mosby really knows what he's doing. And Ted gets upset. So she has to backpedal and say, like all Ted Mosby's, the line is just always makes me laugh. Regards, Tish. 
Very, very good. Robin is great when she's trying to dig herself out of a hole. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Thanks, Tish. Thank you. Next one comes from Susan. My legendary moment is the flashback to Ted's interview with AVW. Something about that scene always cracks me up. Susan. Oh, yeah. Good one. Yeah, same. And I was thinking Ted uh, Lance Hardwood, Sex Architect, starring Ted Mosby, could have been covered <laughs> in either of those magazines. Yeah. Crossover audience, yeah. you know? Wow. <laughs> that is true. Our next one comes from Summer, and I got to shout out Summer because sh- Summer has been working really hard to catch up. Uh, so uh, All those terrible old episodes, too. Yeah, and so she finally hit... She finally hit um, season three. So awesome. Bravo. All right. So Summer says, I'm not that guy isn't the most spectacular episode in my opinion, but my legendary moments have to be Barney and his hard copy porn. Like, what the <laughs> hell? There was definitely internet porn in 2007. To me, it just shows his level of gross knows no bounds. I mean, he's had it professionally lit, so yeah, he's not just going to throw it away. No. <laughs> um, I also love how they all just watch it together like no big deal. And Lily's comment about Marshall finishing the race. <laughs> Amazing. Sorry, I know that was two moments, but I'm just excited to finally submit my moment. I've loved being part of the HB family on Twitter and Instagram so far. Anyways, love y'all and stay awesome. Summer. So oh, nice, right? That's real nice. Thanks, Summer. Our next one comes from Abha, and she writes, My favorite legendary moment is Barney's description of the classic seduction technique. What a brilliant piece of writing here by Jonathan Groff, though I wasn't too happy with the entire episode. It was tough for me to pick this one. Hmm. Fair enough. But it was still a great moment. Yeah. Very. The parallels between it were awesome. Very Silence of the Lambs. Um, All right. The next one is from Bethany. She's one of our patrons. And Bethany says, hello, beautiful ladies. First of all, can we take a moment to appreciate how handsome Marshall looks in a suit? Frankly, Bethany, didn't even notice. I was too busy drooling over John Cho. But you're right. He definitely looks really nice. Okay. Now that that's done, my legendary moment goes to Robin. This is a tough situation. Finding out your best friend has this huge secret debt hidden from her husband, who is also your friend. But she is the voice of reason and is quick to remind Lily that she and Marshall don't keep secrets and that she should come clean. Obviously, there are still some problematic moments in this episode, but I am sure you ladies and other HB family will have more to say. Always. Can't wait to hear everyone else's moments from this week. Stay beautiful. Love, Bethany. Thanks, Bethany. Yeah, thank you, Bethany. Our next um, legendary moment comes from another patron, Bobby. And Bobby writes, hello, my legendary moment for this episode is John Cho. Yes! Just John Cho. I love him in everything I've seen him in, and there's just something very soothing about his voice. Hope you're both doing well. Well, after a John Cho episode, I would say we are. Yes. A little thirsty, but... Need a drink, Doing good. drinking a cigarette right now. Mm. <laughs> mm. Maybe a cold shower. So, right. Uh, all right, the next one is from Dan in the UK, another one of our patrons. And Dan says, Hey, beautifuls. Okay, here are my LMs for I'm Not That Guy. First is Steve, aka Ted Mosby, the porn star, quoting his father that he should have just planted a tree in Israel. <laughs> Makes me chuckle. <laughs> that is such a great line. I love it, it so is. much. Um, second is Lily's decision. I also just love that he like told his dad, I'm going to, mm-hmm, I'm going to take mm-hmm. his name as a porn star. Why don't you just play a tree in Israel instead? 
I just love that he talked to his dad about it. That's so sweet. Um, all right. So second is Lily's decision to sort our, out her own poop rather than rely on Marshall. That's Lily's not that guy moment. Very true. Third are Ted and Marshall's T-shirts. In fact, their T-shirts are pretty much always awesome. My favorite, by the way, is Marshall's Kawasaki Racing one. P.S. You once offered to produce some merch. How about it? A Hey Beautiful Pod T-shirt? A Cockamouse T-shirt? Keep it up. Dan. Well, Dan. We haven't thought about T-shirts just yet because sizing Mm -hmm. is difficult. But we do have something in mind that is one size fits all. And we are just building up our funding to do it. So Mm -hmm. we will have merch soonish. Yes. It's a little bit of an investment. A little bit of an investment up front. So um, it's on its way, though. You will have have some merch um, that you can can hold in your hands. That's all you need to know. Like a cockamouse. Like a cockamouse. Yep, exactly. So thank you for those legendary moments, Dan. Our next uh, legendary moment comes from Russell, another one of our wonderful patrons. And we actually got to chat a little bit with Russell earlier this evening. Yes, we did. Russell writes, hey, beautiful ladies, my legendary moment for I'm Not That Guy is great job, sex architect. Let's celebrate on the couch. (laughs) Ew. Yup. Talk to you later. Good one. Mm -hmm. Great final moment of the show for sure. Um, All right. And our last one comes from Johnny, another one of our lovely patrons. And Johnny says, hey, Kate and Caitlin, I'll make my legendary moment brief as my youngest just woke up and I am warming a bottle. What a sweetie he is. Oh, my God. Great episode. But my legendary moment is when Marshall and Jefferson Coatsworth are sitting at dinner and Marshall's Marshall's expression when he says, you know, Patrick Swayze, his facial expressions are priceless. Crazy Swayze. I love that. Keep up the amazing job, ladies. Cheers, Johnny B. So good. All right. What is your legendary moment, Caitlin? When beautiful John Cho looks at himself in the mirror, because then we kind of get two John Cho's, and he says, I hate myself. I hate myself. I hate hate myself. Um, I'm I'm just going to agree with Bobby and say it's just John Cho. Yeah. Through and through. I mean, if I had to pick a moment, it was probably him being dragged out on the steps. (laughs) I'd do it again. You go to hell. And then as soon as he's like within the cameras, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. (laughs) Just his fucking face. Oh, God. So good. Beautiful. Well, uh, thank you for listening, everybody. We will see you next time for Dois a Tripla. So get watching. Send us your legendary moments to heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com for that episode. If you loved this recap, leave us an iTunes review. We almost have 50 now. We'd love to have 50. That would be amazing. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't sent one yet, it's a free and easy way to support Mm -hmm. the show. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, if you want to kick in a few bucks a month to support the show and all the cool stuff we're trying to do, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash heybeautifulpod. Lowest tier is two bucks a month. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. Mm-hmm. Not even a coffee costs that little. Um, and also, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify, and you'll never miss anything we put out. We hope you'll come back next episode. Because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. 
This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Gordon and Caitlin Turner. Our intro-outro music is by Owl All. 